on. Good. Is it working, Mark? It's good. Good morning, Trinity. Gosh, it has been a long time. Is that is that okay? We're good up there. Good. Um, I think probably. Um, I'm trying to remember the last time we were here. Maybe it was a year, but here's the bottom line. The bottom line is all of us can say to one another, it has been a long time, I, hasn't it? I, I mean, it's it's been crazy. But how did you do in the freeze? I don't know about you, but uh, for us in Austin, um, that foreign country, <laughs> it is, it's, yeah, I'm a missionary, right? So, but um, we had quite the time. I am personally not a camper, but camping out in my own house, that was really fun, right? Um, we had the, the rolling uh, blackouts, so to speak, power outages. So, we, you know, it would go on, it would go off. And then one day it went off, and it kept going off, and it, kept, it stayed off and over 30 hours, at least for us. Um, but who's counting, right? And But we never lost water, so that was good. Um, but it got to 47 degrees in our house. Now, my guess is a lot of you have similar stories you can tell about pipes breaking. Our pipes did not break. We were thankful of that. So uh, it's it has been a wild ride, hasn't it? And so it's good to be here where it's finally warm. Uh, but, you know, after the big freeze happened, this happened. This is our sixth grandchild. This is McKenna Marigold. Uh, she was born, what day was it? How about that? What was it? February February 4th. Who's keeping count on that one? But February 4th, she showed up, and it was right before the big freeze. Um, she's born a little early, but McKenna's doing great, and it's been uh, fun. Uh, probably my son and daughter-in-law right now are not saying it's fun, you know, the old loss of sleep kind of thing. So anyway, but it's been it's been great. Uh, and we'll be down there soon to see her again. She's gained a lot of weight, so we're excited to see her a little bigger and a little plumper, you know, a little more squeezable type stuff. So let me uh let me pray for us this morning and uh we'll jump in. Father, we are thankful for this morning. Thanks for just uh this church, the partnership we have together, thanks for the missionaries. Uh, that they, uh, we just got to see, and we know there's plenty more. There's a great history here of missions. Uh, thanks for the privilege that we have uh, to do that together. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. But before we go on, I want to show you one more fun pic, and this is the rest of our gang. Uh, McKenna didn't make it to that picture, but that's our Thanksgiving picture together. Uh, we always prayed for height in our family, and you can see the big guy far up there with the beard. That's Griffin and uh, our daughter Jessica, who now live in California, courtesy of Chevron, moved them from Houston. And then uh, Brett and Kim over past Trisha and I, and uh, they are at LSU working with Campus Crusade for Christ as well. And then Julia and Dominic on the far corner there, and they're the ones who are losing sleep right now because of McKenna. So anyway, so we told, uh, we promised McKenna she will be in the next pick. We do promise. Well, I don't know about you, but have you ever been involved in a partnership? All kinds of partnerships happen all the time, right? They happen in organizations. They happen with churches. They happen with companies. They happen in all kinds of ways. Well, partnership has been defined this way. 
A pair of people engaged together in the same activity. So this morning what I want to do is I want to talk about a partnership that started in the 90s with us. You guys and us. Us together. And we began a partnership as we began to impact the world together. You took a step of faith to join us. Trisha and I, as we began to go after the world together. The Apostle Paul said this in Philippians. He said, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. We have partnered together. And it has been a great partnership. And we continue to partner and go uh, go together. So we are really thankful for you. We want you to know you have influenced the world. You continue to influence the world. You may not be aware or think about the places you go, but you've been there. You don't. You didn't even have to get jet lagged to go, by the way. And um, but today, and what we want to do this morning is, I want you to metaphorically pull out your passports. And join us as we go together. And I want you to meet some of the people you've actually been influencing. And uh, some of the people, I can't reveal names. I can't reveal specific places. But I want you to meet them and see who some of them are. In 1993, uh, we began a partnership. And we began to work together because I had taken a new role called the Worldwide Student Network. The Worldwide Student Network was a part of Campus Crusade restructuring the U.S. campus ministry. So not to bore you with a lot of details, but here's the bottom line. Campus Crusade divided the United States into 10 regions. It was Campus Crusade geography. We were Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Louisiana. The Louisiana purchase came later for us. We, we added Louisiana. We got, we picked them up for a great price. But the goal of our group, we were part of a national team. Each region had one person who did this role. And the goal was 200 campuses by the year 2000. And this was in 1993 when this started. Frankly, I was skeptical and I thought, how are we going to do that? We wanted to place people who would be on every, all of these different locations. These were locations that the countries themselves had said to us, we can't get there without your help. So we wanted to place teams in all these locations. This is what we did together. So by December of 1999, we were at a a meeting together, and it was very humbling because our director was able to share with us that we had not only reached the 200, but we had also exceeded the 200. And together, we had gone to locations like Spain, Germany, Italy, Greece, Mexico, the Middle East, Asia, Russia, Estonia. These are places you've been, and we have been together. And so what I want to do this morning, as we think about global, as we think about how we have worked together, I want you to watch this and look at someone else who was thinking about global as well. I'd like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow apple trees and honeybees and snow white turtle doves. 
Coca-Cola said this to to the stockholders in Coca-Cola. All of us in the Coca-Cola family wake up each morning knowing that every single one of the world's 5.6 billion people at that time will get thirsty that day. And And we are the ones with the best opportunity to refresh them. Our task is simple. Make Coca-Cola and our other products available, affordable, and acceptable to them, quenching their thirst, providing them a moment of relaxation. Wow. How about us? How's our, what was our mission? Together, in, in a lot of ways, the same thing. We wanted to be in a position that every single person who thought about spiritual things, we want to be in a place and in a position to influence them for Christ. If Coca-Cola was thinking that way, surely we needed to be as well. And so as we began and to go into these places, I was in, uh, in, in the 90s, late 90s, I was in Asia, and uh, I was taking a bus with some friends. We were... Uh, getting on the bus, it was about 6 o'clock at night. And we got on the bus and began to go, and then we made a stop, and then a group of college students gets on the bus with us. And uh, it wasn't, you know, any, any big deal to see a group of college students in this town that we stopped. And one of the students gets on the bus. He's carrying in his hand a Coke. And I thought, gosh, isn't that interesting? He's got a Coke. So we sit down and they're talking and we're, we're talking and they hear us speaking English and they, they go, oh my gosh, we're learning English. Can we, can we practice English with you? And we said, sure, I think we know English. We can do that. So we did. And we kept practicing and talking and talking. And then they said, um, do you celebrate Christmas? It was out of the clear blue. And we were like, well, yes, we actually do. And I said, do you like Christmas? And they said, we love Christmas. I said, what do you like about Christmas? Oh, we love the songs. We love the music. I said, can you tell me one of the songs you like? This is in a country where um, the gospel's, you know, not getting around too much, right? It's a close country. And so he says, yeah, it was Silent Night. It's my favorite song. So one of the guys with me, or shall I say, <laughs> didn't have a great voice, but he did anyway, bravely sang it with the guy. So then we asked the student, do you know what the song's about? Do you know anything about the song? No, we just like it. 
And I said, really? I said, you know, this song is actually about Jesus. About a man named Jesus who came. And we began to unfold the gospel. And this was his response to us. This is the guy holding the Coke. He says, who's that? He knew Coke. (laughs) Jesus, no way. We were in a position, we were in a place where we could begin to give him living water. This is what we did together. We were able to not only influence him, but his group of university students as they went to their, back to their university to tell them about living water. Let's fly on to Russia. The wall had fallen in 1989. And there, and when things had opened up, you know, everyone was going in. There were groups and ministries and everybody was wide open. Campus Crusade for Christ began to go in, and there was a group of college students. It was the 90s, and there was a group of American college students. They were playing this very strange game called baseball. And there was a young man watching them. He was a college student in St. Petersburg, Russia. And he's watching them play, and he walks up to them, and he goes, what, what's this game called? And they go, it's called baseball. Do you want to play? No, I'll just watch. So then he hung out with them. And he walked with them to wherever they were going when it was over. And so the next day, he saw them again playing baseball. And he was curious, who are you and why are you here? And so what did they do? They shared with him the gospel. Two weeks later, this this young man put his trust in Christ. And today, he's in full-time ministry in Russia. Those are people you've influenced. And so we, we fly on down to Italy. Been there? Can't go now, can you? It's a little closed. You took that step of faith to go with us to Bologna, Italy. Let's say that together. It's not Bologna, it's Bologna. And we went, and Trisha and I moved to Bologna where it's quite beautiful. This is what our, there it is. This is what the city looked like, aerial view. But the, the fact of the matter is, the University of Bologna is where we began to work. This university began in 1088 with 100,000 university students. It was started with a medical school and a law school. And as far as we understood at the time when we began there, by students there who were believers told us, as far as they knew, there were 11 Christ followers on the campus of 100,000 students. And a group of church-planting pastors had told us, as far as they understood and as far as they knew, um, there hadn't been a full-time presence on the campus sharing their faith in 20 years until we got there. 20 years. Now, think about this. When it's August in in Texas, universities are opening up. How many campuses, how many ministries are there to greet our students on campuses. They have plenty of opportunities. Churches, other organizations. The University of Bologna, the oldest university in the Western world, had probably eight, um, eight people actually sharing their faith on the campus. 
So when Trisha and I moved there, we began to build a ministry, and we did this together. Let's go, let's begin to meet and talk about it. This was Texas and Italy coming together, right? I want you to meet Alberto. One of the first things we began to figure out was Italian students wanted to learn English. It was their ticket to actually eventually get a good job within the EU. And so we began what we called practicing English in Bologna. Alberto came to one of our, one of our lessons and we invited him that night to a movie we were having that was about human trafficking with another ministry we were partnering with. And it was our church and it was another organization and we partnered together and Alberto had a heart for things like this. So he came. And afterwards, you know, one of our staff began to meet with him and talk with him. Alberto was very, very curious. And it took probably a year of talking to him and talking to him. Today, Alberto's in the U.S. finishing Bible school. Together. In Florence. He will be in, he, he wants to go into full-time ministry. He wants to go back into church planting. Anybody know who that guy is? This is Charlie Duke, the 11th man to walk on the moon. Charlie and I, Trisha and I had the privilege of meeting Charlie and Dottie Duke when I was a youth pastor. His son was in my youth group. We remained friends, and we'd asked him. He speaks all over the world. We asked Charlie, would he come to Bologna? And Charlie came, and you'd have thought we brought a rock star. It was the hottest ticket in town. We packed out the the largest assembly hall on the campus, beautiful old place. And we, we had standing room only. Matter of fact, we broke every OSHA rule possible in Italy, if there were any. And it was, it was unbelievable. Well, Charlie spoke and he shared his testimony and we had him speak not only in Bologna, but in Florence and in Rome. And I want to draw your attention in the slide to the gentleman sitting on the front row, the older gentleman. He had always wanted to meet an astronaut. He'd been fascinated with space. And so the girls doing the translating actually lived by him. And she had shared Christ with this man, but he said he never was interested. So he went to hear Charlie, though, because he wanted to hear about space. Charlie shared his faith. He talked about why Christ was important to him. This man heard the gospel. And two days later, this man suffered a heart attack. Passed away. We don't know what the Lord did in his heart. But he heard the gospel. And he heard it from a man whom he highly respected. Charlie and Dottie, then later, during that week, we took them to a town where they had had all schools released, the whole town. The mayor came. We packed out the, the, the auditorium, the largest one in the whole in the whole town, and he spoke to probably 800 high school kids and middle school kids. They let them out, and they told us, He could say anything he wanted, and they did. They were able to share the gospel and talk about their faith. At the University of Bologna, we were in the science department. They wanted him to speak, and the gentleman who had him come in to speak, he said to me, 
He can speak, but it's only about space. I, he cannot mention God. And we said, okay, he won't mention God. So I said to Charlie, Charlie, he says you can't mention God. And Charlie said, let's watch God work. Let's just pray. And so Charlie went in and he spoke to a packed classroom. And the guy who said to me, he cannot mention God. He is emceeing the time. And out of nowhere, he says to Charlie, Charlie, why don't you tell them what you do today? And I went, did he just do that? And he, and he let it go loose. He just let, you know, Charlie just unloaded with all barrels. Unbelievable. He was able to share the gospel. That night, that night, we're at, we're at the assembly that I was talking about, and this guy emceed it as well. He had a panel of other scientists, and this is the guy again who, who said, you know, can't say anything, and he did it again. And he said, Charlie, tell these people what you do now. I'm going, Trisha and I are looking at each other like, we didn't even pay this guy. It was unbelievable. The night was over and Charlie had his books and he had videos and he had videos of just talking about the moonwalking. And then he had his videos that had his testimony also in there. Guess which videos we sold out so fast. I mean like they were gone. The ones with us though with his testimony, the others that just about the moonwalk, they were left behind. So the Lord, yeah, it was incredible what the Lord continued to do. So we were so excited about what, how he continued to work. And this is what we did together. Hundreds of students. You see, the thing is, in, in Italy and in countries like this, what we found over and over again is, you had no credibility as a Christian. None. And so we wanted them to see that people like Charlie Duke, who went to MIT, it was kind of like, how did you go to MIT and believe in God? Are you that dumb? <laughs> no, he's not that dumb. But it was great. And, and so we saw this happen over and over again. And this partnership is ours together that we've been working on. 2017, Trisha and I came back to the States, came to that foreign country called Austin, Texas, and um, we are a part of Crew City Global. Crew City is the ministry that Campus Crusade has that all adults, whoops, let's go back. And this is what we talk about, and you know, some of my friends said, well, gosh, Jesse, you finally grew up and you can work with adults now. I go, yeah, I know, that's great. I'm finally old enough. Um, but this is what we talk about in Cruise City, is engaging the curious, equipping the follower, so that people find their place in God's story. We engage the curious. All we're talking about is men and women who are curious about knowing about Christ. We are in a culture today, have you noticed? It's just not as easy. It's not as easy to communicate. But we want to engage those as they have curiosity or even help raise their curiosity. Equip the follower, those who are following, those who want to know. That is what we're doing, helping men and women in the workplace learn how to share their faith, communicate their faith in the workplace to their neighbor so that they find their place in God's story. Where does God have you today? 
Where does God have you and I? What's he gifted you in? Every one of us has a place in God's story. And that's what's been fun in, in Cruise City that we have been doing together. And so I want to close with this. As we've all been, you know, we've all got our masks on, right? And COVID has been a big part of everything. Our director in Italy that we had the privilege of working with for 10 years, Franco Bosio, and his, and his wife, Luisa, and those are their two children. Franco, in December, came down with COVID. And um, he was having breathing issues. He lives in the, in the deep south of Italy, near Naples, where actually medical care is not that great. Um, he was having breathing issues. His breathing got worse more and, and far more labored, so his wife called the equivalent of 911. Two days later, two days later, that tells you where they're at medically, he got, they got a response. An ambulance finally showed up. But the, the, the ambulance came and they said, we don't have a bed to take him. And so Franco stayed home. And then two days later, they called and they said, we have a bed. And so Franco, they took him to the hospital. And he goes into a room. He's got four people in the room with him. And they're all in ventilators. And there wasn't a ventilator for Franco yet. So they put a mask on him. That was the closest thing they could do. And so Franco, and Franco's first night there, the guy next to him passed away. And he really thought, this is it for me too. And Lord, I'm ready if this is it. And, and yet he, you know, kept praying and, and he felt like the Lord was saying, Franco, I'm not done with you yet. And so he began to observe that the thing is, all of these people had one thing in common. Not only were they masked up, they had the ventilators going, but they were the thirst was an unbelievable thing for them. And he was thirsty and he thought, Lord, what if I take them water? And so he pulled his mask off. He was feeling a little better and he began to serve people in his room. And he'd bring water to them. And the new guy came in to replace the, the guy who passed away. Diego, who came, was, was angry. He was angry that he had COVID. He was angry at life. And Franco began to talk to him. Franco gave him water. And he didn't, you know, he wasn't a very friendly guy. And they talked. And they talked. Then Diego began to go downhill. Franco continued to minister to him, even though the man was hurling curse, curse words at him all the time, even though he talked to him about Christ. Well, the day before Diego passed away, he came to Christ as Franco ministered to him and brought him living water. You know, COVID is real. COVID has been tough. But God's spirit has not stopped working for any of us. We've all been in a place where it's we've had to figure out how do we move forward. And, and I love how Franco took the initiative and all of us have to be creative and figure out how do we do this together. And Trini, I want to say to you, thank you again. Thank you for how we have partnered together and continue to partner together. We are thankful for you. We may not see you often, 
But I know it's hard to think you're a part of this influence, but you are. And, you know, as, as Paul said, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. And, and let me say, Trisha and I and our family are extremely thankful for you. Thank you for, thankful for your heart for missions, your heart to reach out to all the tough places in the world. And I know it isn't just with us. It's those people that you just saw. And there's probably plenty more. So we want to say thank you. Thanks for being a part with us and, and joining with us in reaching the world. Let me pray. Father, we are so awed by your graciousness to let us be a part of your plan. Although it can look like things are out of control, it can look like we have no idea what is going on. You're in control. You're sovereign. And we thank you for that. Thank you for this church and their heart for missions. And the joy it is to partner together in reaching the world together for Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Let us stand together.